Running a nonprofit organization involves many of the challenges similar to a for-profit business. Today on the Financial Operating Base, we'll be discussing what it's like to operate a nonprofit organization with John Coogan, U.S. Army veteran and executive director of the Folded Flag Foundation. Welcome to the Financial Operating Base, a podcast and community to help you, the veteran entrepreneur, to navigate the terrain and accomplish your mission of business success. And now joining us on the financial operating base is John Coogan. John's the executive director of the Folded Flag Foundation, a nonprofit organization that supports Gold Star spouses and children with scholarships. John, welcome today. Thank you. Thanks for having me. John, thanks for joining us. Uh, Why don't we start off by, if you could just tell us about your time in the military and uh, what eventually led you to the Folded Flag Foundation. Sure. So, so I served in, uh, I graduated West Point in uh, 1991 and spent uh, three and a half years as a, a field artillery uh, platoon leader for a multiple launch rocket system platoon. Um, spent some time in Fort Sill, Fort Hood, a little bit over in Kuwait, a lot of time in White Sands, New Mexico, and, and then uh, eventually got out um, to, to pursue my, my post-military career in what was software at the time. Um, I found my way towards nonprofit work in general when I started working with the Wounded Warrior Project. Um, I, I had some friends that had um, gotten into some trouble in Iraq just after 2001, and um, one lost his leg, another had some problems with uh, traumatic brain injury. So I, I felt veteran service was probably the way for me to go um, rather than you know continuing what I was doing at the time, which was a lot of travel with software um, across Latin America. So. Got into that, and then eventually, uh, one of my classmates, uh, I'm class 91, uh, Bill Hecker, was killed in action over in Iraq and left behind a wife and four kids. And I just felt compelled to transition away from um, wounded vets who were, who were getting more and more good service and good help from from both civilian and, and government uh, agencies to the Gold Star families, who I felt at the time didn't really have a voice, and there wasn't a ton of support back in those days um, for the spouses who were looking to transition and, and stabilize their family after loss. Um, so the Folded Flag Foundation has been, been very successful and you've had a great impact on many families. Um, and mm-hmm. we see a lot of that um, success externally um, looking at the organization. But can you talk about some of the challenges that maybe you see internally every day doing your work and accomplishing your mission? Well, I think the, the probably the biggest challenge, and I, I do get this this question quite a bit. Um, you know, fundraising is always a challenge, but but the bigger challenge for me has and continues to be finding all the families that deserve and need our help. Um, what you find across the country is there's a lot of gold star families. There's a lot of great organizations that want to help gold star families, but for many reasons, not the least of which is privacy, um, we can't simply get a list from the government and kind of knock on someone's door and say, hey, we're here to, to give you money to help you and your kids through college or, or K through 12 or whatever it might be. Um, so with that challenge, we work as, as, as best we can with the, with the government and the information that's provided. We work with Army Survivor Outreach Services, 
um, to, to connect up with, with, with whatever families they have access to. But most importantly, it's through events, word of mouth, building trust relationships with different families that other families kind of come out of the woodwork and, and basically say, hey, you know what? We could use your help. And, and even though we're proud, we know we need it. And it's such a tre tre tremendous mission um, that you have and the way you're executing it um, is equally tremendous. Uh, I mean, you received a platinum seal of transparency from GuideStar, uh, which is an mm -hmm. organization that reviews nonprofit organizations and kind of rates them. Tell us why transparency yeah. is so important and how that has helped your fundraising efforts. So I think without transparency, I, I think a, a lot of donors, especially nowadays, um, would be suspicious or hesitant to invest their money with us. Um, you know, no, no different than any investment fund where you're looking for a return. Um, these donors are coming in with, with their hard earned money and, and they have an intention to, to support um, the families that we serve. We open up the books because we're proud of a few things, uh, not the least of which is we're 100% underwritten by our corporate sponsors. So every dollar that we do raise goes directly into the scholarships. It makes it easier for us to be transparent, but I think um, transparency without that, the donor is always going to be a little bit suspicious and we want to make sure that they feel comfortable giving their money to us and entrusting us with that investment. And that's a, that's a great honor to win that platinum seal of transparency. So, um, you know, we're, we're proud of you guys and, and we think that that's great for the organization. Um, mm -hmm. Turning it a little bit to innovation, um, you know, a, a key to advancing uh, a for-profit business or being an entrepreneur is to be innovative. And I know mm -hmm. some of our listeners and folks I've met in the veteran community um, either work with uh, veteran service organizations or are interested in maybe even starting a veteran organization in their local area. What are some of the innovative things you've done that maybe you can pass along to the listeners uh, who may need help, you know, running or advising, or maybe they're on a board of a nonprofit organization so that their organizations can be equally innovative? Well, I think uh, one, of the, one of the things to, to keep in mind, and, and um, you've heard this before, a nonprofit is a business, and um, it is very important that we not only watch our bottom line, but, but in, invest carefully in, in the different things that we need to do to grow. Um, we have a major responsibility with the donor base um, to, to ensure that we're spending money properly on program, keeping our overhead low, that sort of thing. Um, what I found, actually a few years back, I went to an executive uh, program for nonprofit leaders up at Stanford, and one of the, one of the biggest concepts that was, was discussed during my time there was uh, this, this idea of collective impact. And really, for me, that, that hit home because I've, I've been in a space where there's a lot of great organizations that want to do a lot of great things for Gold Star Families, but there's this competition that goes on uh, for donors and sometimes for program delivery, which only creates redundancy, um, leaves gaps, leaves the constituent base a little bit confused or overwhelmed. So one of the innovative things we've done is kind of pioneered an approach where not just with program delivery, but with uh, fundraising, we actually partner with organizations that either provide similar services or complementary services to the Gold Star community. And what I found there is it enhances our overall fundraising, but it also gives us a better idea of what we may be missing in terms of our delivery to those Gold Star families. So it's, it's been a great approach for us. By partnering, we've, we've been able to keep our costs down and we've been able to cover more of the Gold Star community with our investments. So, so similar to how one business made joint venture with another business um, mm -hmm. to, 
to provide complementary services to customers. Exactly, and and what you find that too is is these families are, are less less overwhelmed, and um, we are we've we've been partnering with other organizations where we're beginning to to invest money in them as a grant making organization for things like summer camp or after school programs, things that we know we can't do. It's not in our wheelhouse to to build a program that we we would run, but by investing in other partners, uh, I think we're doing a better job of broadening our impact as well. And everything that you're talking about from, from the mission, how it originated in your vision um, to the transparency and execution through innovation with, through these partnerships all speaks to your leadership, um, which is really great to hear about. Is there a leadership concept or maybe a favorite quote or something like that that helps guide or inspire you? Um, well, I'm trying to think. So, so West Point, obviously, I brought a lot of concepts to my mind over the years. Um, uh, the, the one that I actually uh, use the most from my time in the military is uh, delegate, trust, and verify. And so, you know, delegation is, is, a, is an important step to help and grow internal leaders. Um, I've got some great people that report into me that are, that are going to probably take over the organization and run it going forward down the road. Um, but at the same time, if I delegate down and, and micromanage, obviously that's not good. So I give them a lot of my trust. Uh, and then as a good leader should do, I follow back up and, and just verify that they're on the, the right course. They're, they're doing things uh, that, that are aligning with the mission and, and our intentions and that sort of thing. And outside of Folded Flag, um, I think you have some other professional responsibilities and, and maybe some of that might bias your thoughts about the National Hockey League. Um, why don't you tell the, the listeners uh, a little about maybe who you think is going to win the Stanley Cup next season and, and why you would think that way in particular? Well, uh, you know, I'm, I'm going to say r right away and very loudly, it's the Vegas Golden Knights. And it's because I, I, I think and hope that my, my boss, Bill Foley, who owns the team, is listening to this podcast. Um, <laughs> he, um, he founded Folded Flag Foundation back in uh, 2014, and I was living in Jacksonville and running that for him. Um, but as we began to discuss the growth of Folded Flag Foundation, he'd mentioned that he had put a bid in for a hockey team in Las Vegas and asked me, would I be comfortable moving my family out to Las Vegas if we got the team? And of course, I didn't ever believe that there would be a, an NHL hockey team in, in Las Vegas. So I, I agreed without thinking about it. And uh, now I'm out here running two foundations. Uh, he asked me to stand up the Vegas Gold Knights Foundation, which, which we've uh, done. Um, we raise money through the team and give back to the local community across five different pillars, one of which is military and first responder. And of course, working with Folded Flag, uh, have been able to direct some of that money towards Gold Star families as well here in Las Vegas. So this is the year. We, we made it to the Stanley Cup Finals year one. We made it to the playoffs year two. I feel really good about our momentum coming into our third season. That is awesome. Good for you and, and good luck to you guys next season. Um, where can listeners learn more about the Folded Flag Foundation um, and where can donors or potential scholarship participates, participants get in touch with someone and how can people get in touch with you? So everything's at our website at foldedflagfoundation.org. Um, there's information about um, the, uh, the scholarship program, how to apply, uh, the eligibility requirements, all, all that good stuff. Uh, we've got a donation page up there. We've got information about events that we do across the country. Um, what we try to do is regionalize all of our fundraising efforts so that we can bring donors together with uh, Gold Star families in their community. We've got about four or five upcoming events, including a gala in New York City on 9-11. 
um, where we're trying to raise awareness for for um, don't or for for families in the area. Um, as for me, uh, email Jay Coogan, C O O G A N at, at foldedflagfoundation.org, or Jay Coogan at VegasGoldenKnights.com. Um, if you want to talk hockey, use one. If you want to talk about Gold Star Families, use the other. But I'm always open to, to discussing anything with anyone who calls. John, that's tremendous. We appreciate everything you're doing, not only for the Gold Star family community through Folded Flag, um, but also your local community out in Las Vegas through the Golden Knights Foundation. And uh, Jeff and I are based in Atlanta, and we do not have an NHL team, so we're happy to throw us <laughs> the Golden Knights yeah. as well. Yeah, well, you, you you once had one, but I think, I think maybe there'll be a day where you guys get one back. So in the meantime, Vegas Golden Knights are looking for great fans across the country. So <laughs> Absolutely. We're, we're happy to support, and we appreciate your time today uh, joining us on the financial operating base to talk about what it's like to be the executive director of a nonprofit organization. Oh, it's my pleasure. Thanks again for having me. Well, wow, that's great stuff from John Coogan. Uh, most people we meet, especially veterans, like to give back to their communities. When we think about giving back, it can come in three broad categories, as it's been said. Your time, your talent, and your treasure. When we think about giving time to a nonprofit organization, we're talking about volunteering, volunteering our time. Many nonprofit organizations rely on volunteers to perform direct and indirect tasks to help the organization accomplish its mission. That can be as heavily involved as being a board member or an officer of that organization, or simply as volunteering for a one-time event. For example, I'm a volunteer city leader with Bunker Labs, and I had specific tasks that I performed every month to build the community, run the operations and administration of the Atlanta chapter, and host our monthly networking events. That can be a big commitment and beyond what someone may have time for. One-time volunteers are also always needed. I would often have people come up and ask, how can I help? And it could be as simply as, can you help hand out name tags at an event? Or can you help us set up the event or take it down afterwards? Just a simple act of reaching out to a member of a nonprofit organization that you like and asking how you can help can make a big impact. Definitely. When we think about talent, that can be either in a volunteer role like you're describing, um, or it can be extending yourself to the community as a part of your normal career. For example, I often get asked to speak events in the community, sometimes to talk about my military service, but also sometimes to talk about wealth management, um, investment management, financial planning. In the latter case, I'm acting in my professional role, um, and it may further my business and our business, but I don't exactly necessarily expect a return. I'm giving my talents to the community more in an educational role, just sharing knowledge, sharing expertise for others to benefit from. Jeff, you just touched on a really important point. You know, obviously most people seek to volunteer their time or talent and they don't ever expect a return. They're doing it because they care about the organization or care about the community. But in doing the example you just gave, you know, speaking in the community or at an organization, you raise your profile and people, people see you and certain communities like at a veterans organization or a church or in your neighborhood, people can see your work ethic and your dedication and that's your subject matter expert, and, and more importantly, where your heart is. And so without trying, you're actually showcasing that you're the type of person that others may want to do business with, and you're showcasing your talents. And business, especially entrepreneurial small business, is very relationship-driven. You're going to want to do business with someone you know and someone you trust. So 
while you're doing good in your community, that can often come back to you as a business positive and help you out down the road, even though that may not be your initial intention. Yeah, Joe, and a similar benefit can take place with the uh, treasurer category or with charitable giving. Individuals give money to causes that they care about, but a lot of people don't even realize that you can give um, to charitable organizations um, in a tax advantage way. In other words, donations to an established charity or nonprofit can be tax deductible, both for cash donations and for donations of property, including investments like appreciated stock or stock options. So for example, if I have a highly appreciated stock, I can give it to um, a charitable organization and what would have been a taxable capital gain um, now goes all to the charity rather than my selling it first and then having to pay taxes on that, which shrinks that dollar amount a little bit. The charity receives it in full, um, which is more for them and kind of a, a tax benefit um, for myself. So by giving the full position or the full investment to the nonprofit, they realize the full benefit of the gift. And, and like I said, it's kind of a tax uh, benefit for the donor as well. And similar, um, you know, for longer term tax planning, um, you can even designate a nonprofit organization or a charity in your will or in a charitable remainder trust. You know, we, we, we think about people at, you know, universities and colleges having their name on libraries and things. Um, yeah, those are huge gifts, but certainly um, smaller gifts um, that you may want to uh, put aside in your will or in a charitable remainder trust to uh, an institution or organization that you care a lot about, um, those are always going to benefit the organizations regardless of what size that gift is. Um, that's a little bit of a complicated issue. So if anyone has questions about those, Jeff and I can always get into the weeds and explain the specifics for you. Always feel free to reach out. Um, and if you own a business, you can also contribute your products or services to a nonprofit and deduct that as a business expense. Um, now, within what Jeff described about stock, or I described about um, charitable remainder trusts or business gifts, with all tax matters, um, you can best plan how you want to go about those donations with your tax advisor to see what the specific impact would be for your personal or business tax situation. So these are all awesome ways that individuals and businesses can get involved and give back to the community. Helping organizations like the Folded Flag Foundation can have a great impact on the lives of deserving individuals. However you can give, whether it's time, talent, or treasure, uh, it can be a great benefit um, to a cause that you care about and also very personally rewarding. And personally rewarding really is what it's all about. That's always our first reason for wanting to give. So we'll leave you with a quote today from Winston Churchill that sums that up perfectly. Winston Churchill said, we make a living by what we get, but we make a life by what we give. So that's it for today. We'll see you next week on the Financial Operating Base podcast, where our guest will be Andy Nelson, Army veteran and attorney, and he'll share some great information on protecting the intellectual property of your business.
Thanks for joining us on the Financial Operating Base podcast. We'd love to hear from you, so send us your questions or feedback to financialoperatingbase at gmail.com.